the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint. Today's podcast is titled, How to Get Beat Up Just Like Jesus. Now, let me clarify here. The purpose of this podcast is not to encourage you to get beat up, but if you are looking for a serious pounding, the greatest person to look to is Jesus Christ himself. There exists now an unspoken standard in pop Christianity regarding the importance of red letters versus black letters. I would argue that most Christians today fall under this form of bibliolatry. I say bibliolatry because that is the only term that seems to fit this approach to Scripture since the classical term, that is, worshiping the physical Bible or the words of the Bible instead of the Holy Spirit, is somewhat of an impossibility. I'll expound on that later. But there is an unofficial hierarchy recognized by practically every churchgoer in the West that diminishes and exalts some inspired Scripture over other inspired Scripture. It can be summed up in one phrase, Jesus said. Once you submit to that battle, suddenly the theological discussion gets reduced to four books of the Bible, and now only quotes from the Gospels are legitimate sources for debate. It usually starts with a quote from the Old Testament, and then a discussion into its meaning. From there, Paul or Peter might get thrown into the mix, and it eventually concludes with, quote, with what Jesus did or did not say, unquote. Let's review. Jesus never spoke about homosexuality. Jesus preached love. Jesus never said anything about abortion. Jesus hung out with society's outcasts, etc., etc. Most conversations never even get past what Jesus said, and the rest get reduced to it. This, of course, is foolishness. Don't get me wrong, what Jesus himself said is probably more intriguing than, say, Numbers or Second Chronicles, but in one fell swoop, Christ equates the whole Bible with, well, the whole Bible when he said, Heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will not pass away. And that's let alone 2 Timothy 3.16-17. through 17. So the application is that Numbers and 2 Chronicles become just as important to us as Matthew 5-7. through 7. I believe that pop Christians have no idea of the weight of what they are saying when they tell people to quote-unquote be like Jesus. One has to essentially prepare himself for crucifixion, no? Jesus almost got beat up like six times. He lost so many followers. Pop Christians don't really mean be like Jesus when they say it. Let me break it down for you, friend. What they really mean is, be like what I think Jesus was like. Ah, there's the rub. With that said, I can't tell you how many times I have heard someone exegete the Samaritan woman. Oh my word, I could preach 10 sermons on it right now without even stopping to get a drink. Pop Christians love this passage because they think that Jesus spoke in a way that they would want to be talked to. That's how they want their sin addressed. Casually, conversationally, calmly. I'm here to tell you that no pop Christian would want their sin addressed in the way the Samaritan woman's was. What Christ said to that woman is unbelievably unacceptable and judgmental by today's ever-changing yet rigid humanist standards. And every single pop Christian would be there to crucify him again if he spoke to them in this way. Check it out in John 4. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. Ah, the the judging. Can't you feel it? Most people just gloss right over this, but it is anathema to them. They sugarcoat it in their mind's safe space, and by the time it reaches their heart, it says something along the lines of, "Eh, you got some good things going for you, but there's a speck in your eye I need to ask you to remove. We are going to do a little experiment. Let's switch adultery for homosexuality, and let's assume that it's a man. 
for those of you who think that this is not fair, I say that it is because this passage often gets quoted as an authoritative resource to talk to homosexuals and whatever sin you want to think of. By switching the sins, we shall see that what Jesus said here is absolutely inapplicable today. There is no question, because as soon as you swap out fornication and adultery for homosexuality, Jesus suddenly looks like he attends Westboro Baptist. Jesus said to him, go call your wife and come here. The man answered, I have no wife. Jesus said to him, you are right in saying, I have no wife, for you have had five homosexual partners, and the one you are with right now is not your wife. We are in right-wing territory now. Let's continue, shall we? Jesus said to him, go call your wife and come here. The man answered him, I have no wife. Jesus said to him, you are right in saying, I have no wife, for you are addicted to pornography. Feeling ashamed yet? Well, how about this? Jesus said to her, go call your seven children and come here. The woman answered, I only have two. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I only have two, for you have had five abortions, and the two you have now are the ones you kept. Can, can you imagine a complete stranger saying this to you after only a few minutes of conversation? Confronting your sin like this? Is this really how you want it to go down? An unapologetic recognition of glaring sin in your life? Friends, I maintain that this is culturally unacceptable. Your favorite passage that you think takes a cotton candy approach to confronting sin through the back door is actually a battering ram down the throat of a stone castle. Usually people point to Jesus, but they should really pay close attention to the woman because of the way she responds. She does something admirable and predictable. Admirable because she didn't storm away, which is what most pop Christians would do right now. And predictable because she tries to change the subject. Her response is something of a small wonder, as Matthew Henry points out when he says that, quote, she does not deny the truth of what he had charged her with, but by her silence owns the justice of the reproof. Nor is she put into a passion by it, as many are when they are touched in a sore place, end quote. She may have been a serial adulteress, but man, was she humble in the face of the creator of the universe. The application of confronting sin by being like Jesus here is just as important as being humble in the sight of his rebukes and the rebukes of his children. She had to be humble to keep talking with him because what he said was a serious affront to a casual conversation. Most people would not sit next to you on a bus for very long if you brought up their sin in their life, even as quote-unquote meekly as Jesus did it here. To be sure, being like Jesus could result in a revival of your friends or family, but when people offer the just be like Jesus catchphrase, it is usually in response to something they deem a thwart to the gospel, aka culturally unacceptable, aka not nice. Do I want us to stop telling each other to be like Jesus? Of course not. But take a second look at the passages you want me to be like Jesus and ask yourself, is this culturally acceptable today? The answer is always no. Just look carefully and you too, my friend, can get threatened and beat up just like Jesus was. Be strong and courageous, my friends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now 
to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.